Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Randy, how's it going? Hey, it's going good. How are you doing today, Jake? Uh, I'm in a very good mood, actually. I uh, had to get up early, dropped my brother off at the airport. Uh, it was about 6 a.m. The sun wasn't up yet. As I was coming home, I turned down my main, the main street. I go down to go home, and I looked in my rearview mirror, and the sky was just bright orange. It was The sunrise was amazing. So that wow. kind of set my tone for the day. Nice, nice way to begin the begin the morning. It's yeah. totally cloudy here and raining cats and dogs right now. So <laughs> I'm not seeing anything but gray. So uh, we have a awesome show today, and uh, I'm really excited about the two folks that we have joining us. Um, legends in the game, to say the least. And uh, we're going to welcome in Alan Elliott and Donnie Rhodes. So hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Hey guys. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, and with fanfare, here we go. Two people were really inspirational to me in my early days, and, and uh, Cray Van Sickle was one of them. And Donnie, you were a huge inspiration to me. So thank you for giving me that gift early on of being an inspiration. And uh, it's really nice to be able to talk to you and kind of pick your brain a little bit. Well, thank you. How did you guys, how did you guys meet, and when did you guys decide to play together? I started competing in 80, and at the very first tournament, I met Stork, and they had just had Santa Barbara, and I said, well, how'd it go? And he said, well, he goes, this is crazy to say, but he's the world champion, but Donnie Rhodes is the most improved player in the world. He's the best player in the world now. I'd never, I'd never really seen him other than on the wide world of sports. And so uh, a little bit later in that year, we went to uh, Colorado Springs and in Boulder, I, I get out of the car in there, and there's Joey. First time I've seen Joey. First time I've seen Richie. There's Jane and Sue. And so I'm talking to Regal Beauty, and I say, hey, is Donnie Rhodes here? And he points to this guy laying face down on the ground, wearing all Adidas gear with a pair of silver shoes sitting next to him. And he goes, that's Donnie on the ground. And so a couple minutes later, Donnie comes, uh, gets up, and Regal Beauty introduces me. So he introduced me. We started playing. We, we played a little bit, and then we hung out for about uh, two or three other tournaments. We hung out. He we had a car, so we were uh, he he rode with us from uh, site to site in Santa Cruz, and then uh, I went and worked on my game that summer. And the, the first tournament of the year was uh, in '81 was Austin. I called him up, said, "Hey, come down and play with me," and he came down and played with me. Believe it or not. Wow, this was the year of the Rose Bowl victory that you guys won. Is that correct? Yeah, that was my second year to play. And so you called Donnie up. Donnie said, yeah, let's play. And so was Jeff in the mix at this time or was it just you guys? Just us. I, I didn't meet Jeff till Jeff wasn't really traveling. He was only staying on the East coast. So Don, Don and I played Austin. Then Don and I and Chris, they hitchhiked out to Arizona and met, met me in Arizona, in Arizona. We played Albert or New Mexico rather than we played Albuquerque. Finally, I went to Charlotte and I played with Sue and Don and Jeff were there. And that's the first time I ever met Jeff. Yeah. How, how, how old were you guys at that time? Um, when I won the Rose Bowl the first year, 79, I was 19. Wow. So you won the Rose Bowl in 79, and then I think it was the Coloradicals in 80, and then you guys, then Donna, you won it with Alan and Jeff in 81. Is that correct? Yeah. 
I came in second in 80 with John Kirkland. So I was going to ask, so Alan started in 80. Donnie, when did you start? I, re- I wish I really knew. Um, it's, it's kind of vague. My first Frisbee tournament that I attended was sometime in 1978. I, I, was, I was a Frisbee player. I played catch. I had a, uh, a Kool-Aid Frisbee that was my, I was, uns- I mean, I never put it down. I carried it everywhere. It was, it was cracked and, and brutalized from years of play as a, as a teenager. So uh, I played Frisbee, but I never saw other Frisbee players. I think sometime in 1978 was the first time I went to a Frisbee tournament. And that's when I saw other people play and when I said, oh, I want to do this. Frisbee World Magazine in 77 and uh, looking at the pictures and trying to figure out what the trick was. Because back then there was no video. There was no, there was no live stream from the Canary Islands. There was, there was just black and white pictures in a, in a magazine that came once a month if you were lucky. And that was, that was the only access I had to new material. I, I would see somebody with the Frisbee up in the air and try to figure out how they got it there. I, I remember reading uh, reading about the nail delay and trying to figure out what the hell that was. Actually, interesting hearing you talk about the, the Frisbee World, the magazine, and the delay, because I remember that whole thing, too, as being a, a teenager. And the Frisbee Worlds were like, oh, my God, the only thing, and you'd reread them 100 times. And so I remember the delay, too, and that I had a fastback, and I put, like, Crisco oil on the fastback and trying to spin <laughs> it, and Crisco oil going all over my face. I had this friend that, that I traveled with a little bit, and he could throw an air bounce, and I, I learned to delay from him throwing me that way, and it was it was pretty fun. We we had a good time. Where where were you? Where did you grow up? Where were you living at that time? Um, the nearest town, I lived about halfway between Johnstown and Somerset in western south southwestern Pennsylvania, right on the edge of Appalachia. It's like mining uh, mining area, but I, I grew up like dirt poor, like uh, Dolly Parton poor, um, in, a, in a shack in the woods. We got money from Save the Children Foundation. That's how poor I was growing up. And that was the beginning of the Frisbee career coming out of Appalachia. <laughs> well, I, it's funny because my, my mom worked at a local store in Johnstown, which was probably like 15-mile drive or something, and uh, she got an employee discount. And she got me my first real Frisbee, which was a pro, a yellow pro. And it was actually in a package. It was the first time I ever had a real Frisbee. And that was in 77. I was, you know, 15, 16, and I was working jobs, and and I had money, and I ended up buying uh, my first world-class Frisbees were two brown. You remember those chocolate brown ones? Uh, 119 and a 141. Those those were what I learned to delay on. I think Dave Johnson was, was on that. Yep. Yep. Dave Johnson was the name on that. I think I had a black master too at that time. So 77. So two years later in 79, you win the Rose Bowl. So that was quite a learning curve. So I remember seeing you maybe 79 in Venice Beach and you were skilled and, you know, I remember you were a really good player, but then I saw you a year later and you just went off the charts. So I'm assuming you put in ridiculous amounts of time, but who was your inspiration and, and what was driving you to take it to that level that you did? Well, 
you know, these are things I haven't even thought of in, in many years. So it's kind of an interesting question. And I don't want to make the story too long. So I'm going to try to make it real short. Um, I, I loved playing Frisbee. It was, it was the thing that, that kind of got me out and about from a very, very bad city, a very bad home life, a very awful situation. So to me, it was, it was a way to get away, a, a reason to go somewhere. And, I, you know, I go on these trips. I mean, I literally dropped out of school to go play Frisbee. I was going to school in uh, Philadelphia it's a long story. It's a really long story. I, I, I'm trying to figure out how, let's put it this way. I had, I had a scholarship to the University of Pennsylvania, full, full ride academic scholarship. I was one of those kids that I could, uh, Ivy League, you know, I was supposed to be a doctor. I was supposed to be a, a lawyer. I was supposed to save the world. But instead, I, I played Frisbee and I hitchhiked across country and, and dropped out of high school, finished high school, still got a full scholarship. Because my, I didn't have a high school diploma, I couldn't go to your Ivy League college, so I went to Temple, um, and I hated it. It was just miserable. I spent all my time in the basement wrestling room, the school there, for an entire semester, spinning the Frisbee up to myself and playing. That was the winter of 78. When the semester was over, I hitchhiked to California on a whim, and... Uh, I remember uh, getting off the, out, of, out of the car on Venice Beach on Christmas Day of 78. And uh, Gary Proberg was there. Gus Emerson was there. You know, they're, they're, those were the people that I started, that I, I said, hey, I'm from Pennsylvania and I want to play Frisbee. This barefoot kid with a duffel bag and long hair and scraggly facial hair. And uh, I just started practicing from that day every day. I, I was living with Gary Proberg in Echo Park at one point, and I would take a city bus from Echo Park to Venice Beach every morning and take it home at night, and I would get there at like 8 o'clock and practice. If there was nobody there, I'd practice by myself. It was basically what I wanted to do. I wanted to practice Frisbee. And I think Alan said it before. He used to make me stop practicing because I practiced too much. Because I don't have any innate talent at anything as far as physical goes. I mean, I was, I was an effeminate, skinny, tiny hands, small feet. Everything about me was, was uh, elfish. I remember I did, I did a bunch of modeling and acting later in life. And, and they, used to, they used to say he was elfish. Too bad the Lord of the Rings thing didn't come out whenever I was, was acting. I couldn't probably make money. Anyway... So I, I practiced and practiced, and uh, because I won the Rose Bowl, and see, that's another thing. you got to realize, dude, we were just a bunch of poor kids who worked at a restaurant, and I, I swear, I think I was getting paid $2 an hour plus food. I mean, that's, that's, that's how it was back then. And so when, the, um, when Jan Sobel came out with the floaters in early 79, he gave a bunch of us these floaters and said, take them with you to the tournaments and, and give them to people and, or sell them. Do whatever you want. I don't have any money to give you, but here's some, here's some Frisbees. And, uh, and so basically the way we were able to go to Frisbee tournaments was to sell these Frisbees. And um, the first tournament that I went to was in uh, Phoenix and Gary Pearlberg and I finished third, I think it was. And he won self-caught flight or something. So he qualified for the Rose Bowl. 
but I went to every tournament trying to qualify for the Rose Bowl because back then you had to you had to have a certain number of points. And uh, in '79, I was I was a new player. I mean, I, I was I was playing, but I wasn't, you know, Joey and and Richie, and they were the real top players. Well, I was going to uh, a tournament in Vancouver for some reason. I can't remember what it was. Richie Smiths couldn't get into Canada. And I was riding with Joey up the coast in his van. And uh, and so Joey said, well, I'll play with you in the tournament because Richie couldn't make it. And we won that tournament uh, because Joey, you know, had mercy on me and played with me. We both played lights out and we won first place, which was the Canadian National Western National Championship or something. Because of those points, I qualified for the Rose Bowl. That was the year the two big teams were... Felberbaum and Dwork and Joey and Richie. They were the they were the technical supreme players of the time. I mean, they were just head and shoulders, you know, those two teams. And they had finished uh, high in the previous year when the when uh, Corey and Evan won. Make a long story short, something happened that Richie couldn't be in the tournament. I don't know if he qualified. Maybe maybe he didn't qualify. And John Dwork broke his leg or something. I mean, something extreme. He was in a wheelchair, if I recall. So it ended up being, I didn't have a partner because I was going to play with Pearl, I think. Uh, they said, hey, play with us. And so that's how it was formed. It was, a, it was like a comedy of, of, of errors that, that created that team. So that's, that's how we won. So we win the Rose Bowl, which is, to me, life-changing money. I mean, it was, Alan, $1,000, $1,100, something like that. I think it was $1,000 up until 81. Then it was at 2081 because there was no airfare. That's probably what it was. So it was it was it was in excess of a thousand dollars that I got. To a poor kid like me, was a fortune. It was I mean, it was like more money I knew what to do with. I, I moved to New York City with Jeff and was living in his place on uh, Sheridan Square in New York City. This is 1979. First time I was ever in New York City, and oh my goodness, it was like Washington Square Park. I mean, uh, Cray Van Sickle. Uh, you know, it's like this is like the place. Now I had the freedom to practice all the time. And also, Sue Strait, Suzanne Strait, said, Donnie, you should take some dance classes. And I was like, well, I don't know. I've never danced. I don't know what it is, you know. Sue Strait talked me into taking some ballet classes. Well, and that was it. It was over. I was like, where's this been all my life? I'm 19 years old. I'm in my first ballet class of my life. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. This is it. I want to do this and play frisbee at the same time. And so I started taking uh, classes. I took two ballet classes and a jazz class every day for about six months until the season started in 1980, which is when Alan called me and I went down to Texas. And uh, and I, I think that was that was very important in my in my frisbee development. So that's what I said. It's like, I remember seeing you in Venice Beach in like 79, and then you won the Rose Bowl, and that kind of got your juices going, and then you moved to New York, did the dance class, and that's when I saw you when you got back to California again in, in 80, where you really had just taken it to another level. That explains it. And, and again, too, I, I, had, I had access to the best teachers, too. I mean, I was pretty much being tutored by Joey during during all of 79 jeff felberbaum was one of the top frisbee players in the world and i was living with him and playing every day at washington square park um you know i I just had access to to all these incredible players 
So it was it was it was kind of interesting because if somebody just showed up at a, at a frisbee uh, venue one day and said, "Hi, uh, my name's uh, Randy, and and I want to be a frisbee player," and everyone goes, "Okay, great." For the next two years, they tutored him. <laughs> I mean, that's what happened. I mean, they just took me under their wing and were really nice to me and probably felt sorry for me. I had no social skills. I had, I mean, I re- really came from the lowest social position in the world. And so I was, I was just lucky that people accepted me. I don't know what Alan thought. I want to go back to that to where you guys met. And I want you to just kind of talk about your journey to the Rose Bowl together and building that routine. And what was that like? Maybe, Alan, you can just kind of start. Well, Donnie came down to play with me. He had, he had played, I think, Santa Barbara before that. But he came down and played. And you know, that was a whammo tournament. So you could play pairs. You could play three-way. So we played pairs, and we beat the Radicals there, who were the, who were the Rose Bowl champions. And so we were feeling pretty good. And then uh, went to, like I say, Albuquerque with Chris. And then in Charlotte, that's when, when Donnie played with Jeff, I played with Sue. But that's the first time I met Jeff. So we decided we were going to play three-way in Chicago. And we went there, and we, we had a routine. We put it together in like two days. We had like 20 co-ops. I still remember we played the Michael Jacksons off the wall. That was a Jeff thing. We killed it in the, in the semis, and we went out in the finals, and we were awful. I mean, just bad, bad. I mean, the, the routine blew up. We forgot the choreography. It was horrible. We finished seventh. So I was kind of, I'm thinking... Okay, great. There's my chance to play with these guys. You know, how does Donnie Rose and Jeff Felberbaum finish seventh? Well, the answer is to play with me. So, who won that Chicago tournament? I believe it was Joey Cray, and they had a third. I can't think. Maybe it was Dwork. It was it was an odd combination. And uh, next tur- next weekend there was a tournament in Philadelphia. Actually, it was it was two weeks later. And so after that tournament, in Chicago, Donnie comes up and says, "Hey, why don't you come back to New York with Jeff and I?" And then we'll go to Philadelphia. We can ride with Joey. So I went, I went, I re- we rode back in Joey's van with like Sue and Jane and Richie and Joey and Lid, Joey's dog, and Donnie, Jeff, and I. <laughs> and uh, we go back, and I stayed in, first time I'd ever been to New York, went to Washington Square that night, and I lasted there about half an hour. I, you know, it's like people walking through, broken glass, Rob Free, you know, somebody walks through and Rob throws a disc at them. And I was like, whoa. So we, we started going to uh, the Sheep Meadow. And we started we started working on a routine, and we ended up. It's like okay, I am going to play with these guys. It was it was up in the air where they were they were going to redo their threesome with Joey, because that year, Whammo made it. You had to have four tournaments, and Richie wasn't going to go to was only going to go to three, so he wasn't going to qualify. So Joey Joey was going to play with Jeff and Donnie. Well, in Charlotte, there was a small field there for the for the uh, the, the field event players. So Richie threw self-caught flight and got enough points in self-caught flight to get his fourth his fourth uh, event. That means Joey's playing with Richie and they end up playing with Jewel, and that put me in in the ball with Donnie and, and Jeff. But, so you guys, so you guys are practicing in Sheep's Meadow, yep, building the routine that you yep. did for the Rose Bowl. Yep. But, Alan, when did we go to Mexico? Well, we we did we we played that, and then that summer there was an FPA there was an FPA event in like uh, early June in Austin. And so Donnie and Jeff came down and we played that. So we, we, we refined the routine a little more. We played that. We won, we won that one. So at that point, they came back to Houston and we were at my mom's house and Stork called us and said, hey, there's a, at that time, you remember the, the Pepsi commercial for, with, the, with the ultimate players in it? That commercial had just come out and the Pepsi distributor in Mexico, I called Stork. 
and wanted some Frisbee players to come down and do demos. Well, the problem was they were, they were using knockoff Frisbees. They, they were like knockoff whammo discs with fake rings on them and everything. And so Stork said, if I send it across the street to Whammo, they'll throw it away. So he gave us the contact info. We called them up. And so they said, come down and do two weeks of shows in Mexico. And so Donnie and Jeff and I went, we did our routine, you know, three times a day in front of crowds and, you know, further refined it. And then after that, we left Houston and we drove out to California and we just worked every day. We were at Pearl Burke's house in Hollywood for a while. We were in San Diego for on the way out there. We stayed in San Diego for a while. We played the random pairs in uh, Santa Barbara and we just kept doing the routine every day. And, and so what was the, what, what was the song that you guys chose for, for that routine? Uh, it was originally, it's, it's choreographed to, I sing the body electric from the finale of fame, which I had never seen the movie, never heard the song. It was Donnie and Jeff are the one that showed that to me, but in the bowl, in the bowl, you got to remember if you ever see the movie fame, if you ever see it, that was me in 1979. I mean, that would, that movie was made about us, us kids living in the street and, and, and trying to be great at something. And so it was a, it was a major inspiration to, uh, to me at the time, because it's kind of like the whole, uh, the whole the whole song was a celebration of, of that so it was a it was a big deal song to me and i kind of made them use it <laughs> that's so, a nice way to put it but uh we we actually played the bowl the bowl was sponsored by what was the radio station don you remember it's a big rock and roll station i don't know and what what you know i had never been to the bowl so i'm going by what donnie and jeff told me and they're like if we played a, if we played a fame there they're gonna boo us so we played a pinball wizard in the, in the bowl so wait a second, you changed the song for the finals? Yeah. When we, just, when we went to Mexico, we were doing enough shows every day in front of crowds that we, we, had, the, we had the music timing down to both songs. Well, yeah, I guess Pinball Wizard really did work because uh, you ended up winning the 1981 Rose Bowl. So definitely, Jake, I think we look forward to hearing more from them in the future. Yeah, definitely. We had a long conversation and it's all full of good stuff. So I'm looking forward to hearing more. Indeed, indeed. All right, Jake, see you later. Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, check out our website at frisbeeguru.com. <laughs>